Hi, everybody. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. My name is Brian Trendler, and you're listening to Shut Up and Laugh. It's a local Pacific Northwest podcast series. I've been doing this since October of 2019, and I have had the absolute honor and joy, normally in the podcast studio behind me that nobody can use right now due to the pandemic, I have sat across from some really, really remarkable people that have had stories to share about honestly the power of humor or just the fact that laughter can really make everything tolerable and something that you can get through. Um, I'm really looking forward to introducing our guest today. I had the honor of working with him over the past couple of months. We're gonna share that story and go down a couple of tangled paths for you today. Um, but first I wanna give a huge shout out to some of the companies, some of the sponsors of Shut Up and Laugh who have decided to take just a little stipend, just a little amount of their Starbucks coffee you know, surplus money they want to spend each month, um, but donate it toward me and what I'm doing here with the podcast series. So first I want to recognize Michael Piccolo. Uh, he's a real estate agent at Compass. Uh, Marcel Allen, uh, my business partner in Shut Up and Laugh, but she also runs a social media training organization called Dreamosity. Um, LT's Pet Sitting. Um, Linda is a pet sitter. She comes directly to you, your home, if you can't get back to the office in time, if you're off on a vacation and you want to make sure that your four-legged friends, winged friends, whatever types of friends, the animals I'm referring to, um, are comfortable. They don't have to be removed um, out of their home. She can come to you, make sure that they're taken care of, and she communicates like crazy with texts and all types of pictures, so you're at ease. Also, Gentle Frog Custom QuickBooks Training. Longest name in the industry, but Rachel Barnett is an incredible QuickBooks trainer. In fact, she's one of the Pacific Northwest highly, most highly rated trainers in the area. Um, that's it for the sponsors. If you're interested in thinking about becoming one, check us out. Just go to anchor.fm forward slash shut up and laugh, click the sponsor link and find out how you can donate whatever dollar amount you want my way. I appreciate each and every one of you. So with that being said, I want to welcome John Fahey, everybody. John, how you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing great, Brian. Thanks. It's so good to see you. <laughs> Um, it feels like it's been a really long time since I've connected with you, but, but really, it hasn't. It hasn't been that hasn't. long. Yeah, I know. It hasn't. It's only been what, like two weeks or so since it's pandemic time is what it is. You're, you're right. So yeah. in, in, yeah. In, in pandemic COVID slash dog years, it's been like six months. I think that sounds right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That literally is actually. And you have an age and you have an age today, dude. <laughs> it's amazing what special effects can do. In right. Filters, right. <laughs> So everybody, um, for those who are just listening to the podcast, John is a striking man. He, he has hair a lot like me, which means the quaff comes around the corner about five minutes before he does. Uh, for anyone watching the video, I just apologize for whatever you're about to witness here. Um, but I wanted John to be on the show today because he is a very interesting guy. And I just want to start off by saying that I was actually paired up with John. That's not a dirty like Tinder joke story that we're about to share. He was a recent TEDx speaker, and I had the honor of working with John and a number of other speakers to prepare during the um, event for the Snow Isles Libraries, where at that point, they were all going to be on the big stage. They were all going to be standing on the X, and then the pandemic hit, and everything changed. So, John, we're going to go down that path in just a couple minutes, but I know you've listened to a couple of these podcasts, so we're going to do a quick little minor dive, not a deep dive, a real minor dive into some of the things I found out about you. You're busier than I am. Um, I don't, yeah, that's a, I'm probably on par with where you are. You're, you're crazy busy. You own and or run three companies, plus 
you are a published author. You do all this living in Seattle. You're originally from the Edmonds area. I don't know right. why you moved, but I'm sure there's a reason because Edmonds is gorgeous. It is gorgeous, but yeah. <laughs> let's, let's talk about some of the things here because normally that's a separate thing. I talk about where you've been and so on and so forth, but this bleeds directly into the first series of questions that I want to do. So yeah. can I throw you for a curveball and just go into this? Because I want to highlight all this stuff that you do and talk about it. I, somebody, there was a, a, a gal, she's got a, she's got a blog and she described me as the hardest working man in Seattle. Oh, and wow. I thought, and I thought, well, that's not true. And then uh, I started reading her thing about me. I'm like, well, maybe, maybe it's true. Yeah. And then it got better because then someone called me up and said, I read a blog that said you're the most interesting man in Seattle. And I said, yes, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> wear, the, wear the cape, right? Please, can you please write an article yeah, about this? Exactly. Cape flowing. <laughs> he once saved uh, kittens from a, whatever. So, uh, <laughs> a nun from a but, but I do, I have a ton of stuff going on uh, and I, I am always working, but it's everything I do is pretty cool and pretty fun. So it kind of doesn't seem like I'm working. Yeah. yeah. Like this, smiling, like this, Brian, this is work. This is work. Yeah, yeah. And, and I promise you, you will get paid as much as all the other podcast interviewers. Have been paid. <laughs> that is, right. there's some kind of scale. I, I'm waiting for my check on. Yeah, that's yeah, good. Yeah, keep uh, keep waiting for that. <clears throat> right. Okay. So, John, I want you to tell us our listenership and now our viewership. Since during COVID, we're doing these Zoom broadcasts as well, which I'm yeah. very thankful, by the way, that you've agreed, wink, wink, to have this published tomorrow morning. Um, I want you to tell us about how all of this came about. Because one of the first things that pops up when I do a search to find out about some of the things that you do is you compete very heavily with the other John Fahey. Do you, Dude, and that's, do you know who that is? I do. I'm one of the greatest okay. guitar players ever. And that's yes. kind of a bonus for me because when people go to Google me, uh, I get buried way down the list, so which is great. Because you're, you're on any, page four. <laughs> any ex-girlfriends that might Google me, you know, and and just I I don't want to give them the satisfaction of seeing how my life has turned out so horribly. So uh, you know, yeah. yeah. Well, page four on Google with little or no effort is not too bad. Well, I know, but, but nobody goes to page four. You know that. Come on. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. the ultimate guitar hero and and skillful musician John Fahey, he's all over the place. But let's go back to you for a second, shall we? Um, well, I'll tell you a story about that though. I. <laughs> I, okay. I played a gig at a coffee shop. I, I play guitar too. I played a gig at a coffee shop in Chelan and people showed up thinking it was him. Oh, and I, I made a joke. I was up on the stage. So I'm like, I hope none of you showed up to see, you know, <laughs> the real John Faye. And some people said, we did. And then they had to listen to me croak out crappy old Irish tunes for an hour and a half. And, you know, that's a bad way to start. Uh, oh, no. That's right. horrible and hilarious at the same time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's like, well, honey, you already ordered drinks and a meal. You know? so, <laughs> oh, I, okay. exactly. I want them <laughs> over in the end, of course. The drunker people get, the better I sound. You know, that's me with uh, everything from, you know, eventual dating scene to, uh, in general, my public speaking gigs. You know, sure. The, sure. the drunker you are, the funnier and more tolerable I am. <laughs> huh. yeah. Actually, I should start looking for some um, beer or alcohol-related sponsors, you know? <laughs> it's not a bad idea, yeah. This podcast brought to you by Pabst Blue Ribbon. If you're they're, they're probably got a ton of money right now to give because everyone's just sitting around getting drunk in the pandemic, so. Well, or they're just making hand sanitizer now. So or that, yeah. Alcohol and hops just, just sitting around. Okay, but we digress. I'm sorry, continue. No, it's fine. John, talk to me about Lake Chelan, the greatest lake in the world. This is one of the books that you produced. It is, yeah. Lake Chelan, it's a super funny book. Uh, I started writing it. Go ahead I, and hold it up. Go ahead. Oh. Go ahead. I know you're dying to. 
I happen to have a copy right here, Brian. Isn't that a pretty lake? Don't you just want to go there? I do. It kind of looks like it's flicking you off, though. That peninsula is kind of giving the bird. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right. I'm not detracting from the power of your writing, though. So the, anyways, the, the book, it's about, I, I love Lake Chelan. I've been going there my whole life since I was a, a kid. And I just thought it's spectacular. I've been climbing all the mountains uh, around the North Cascades. And, and I got this notion that Lake Chelan was the coolest place on the planet. So then I decided, for some reason, I decided to go travel the world to all the other great lakes on the planet and compare and contrast oh, and, wow. and make the case that Lake Chelan is the greatest lake in the world. So it's a book about Lake Chelan, but it's also a book about all these travels to other um, to other lakes. And so it's it's a, a it's really funny. I, I think you know people look at it and they think, oh, it's going to be a dry, boring book about history and geology. Mm -hmm. uh, but no, it's it's funny stories. It does have great history, great stories about the lake. But I sell a ton of these, and the reason I sell a ton of them is because we sell them in the wineries uh, in Chelan. Oh. People get drunk, they see the pretty picture. And, you know, it's just uh, open that cash register and keep John uh, in, you know, I, what, in, in wine, in beer. That's uh, awesome. No, yeah, that's it's been good. And, and the other upside of it is I get to, it, it's made me seem or appear to be a regional expert. And so it's fed into me getting able to, being able to do interviews. And, and um, so when people do Northwest travel segments and stuff, I get to come in and be the expert on the North Cascades yeah. and the expert on Lake Chelan and the expert on the Lake Chelan monster, uh, the mythical monster that lives in the lake. So, you know, ton of street cred there, you know. You wouldn't think that a- I wasn't gonna go there today, but- <laughs> You wouldn't think that an obscure, largely unknown lake in North Central Washington would, you know, get you out there. But uh, I mean, I'll do different interviews and sometimes I'll have as many as 15 or 20 people listening. Not too shabby <laughs> compared, <laughs> compared to some stats for some people nowadays. Oh yeah. my gosh. Well, I, I think that's great. Um, and, and you know what? You're right. Whether or not the book was completely intentional or now it's become something even bigger than you originally planned just by way of your marketing, which is a genius thing to do, inserting yourself into the wine industry. And, you know, that, I mean, that's huge, right? Um, I think, I think it speaks towards some of your character attributes that I want to go down today as well. Okay. Um, but next, I want to jump into Vekanga. Vekanga or Vekanga? See, uh, well, it's, it's, it it's Vekanga. It's actually Vekanga. Vacation, it's vacation Angel Network. Uh, Vekanga okay. is the Vacation Angel Getaways. Okay, so and, that part I knew, but I was going to go down. Oh, Angel so Vekanga, the, actually, that, that name... Oh. <laughs> that name is just so you don't have to type so much into the browser bar. Yeah, so okay. <laughs> it's V-A-C-A-N-G-A. -A -A. And we had a marketing team that put together that name, and they were going to sing it to the tune of Bingo. V-A-C-A-N-G-A. -A. And, you know, then it was going to get stuck in everybody's head. I'm a big believer in jingles that yeah. get stuck in your head. In yeah. fact, I had a jingle for myself in college that I used to use to try and pick up girls. So... This does not actually surprise me. No, right. And, <laughs> and it's just, you know, you got to you gotta sing these jingles over and over again. Me, you'll go out with mine, me. Mine was, John Fahey's cool, let's make out. And then you just sing it over and over again. And then you get it in their head. Then you walk by at the party and you just whistle it. And uh, I don't know that it ever worked, but I thought it was a clever idea. So let's discuss what it was like being single during all of college. 
<laughs> I was actually I was I was and I had a girlfriend for the first two years and then when we sadly broke up uh, then I was uh, out rolling and I I was in college for seven years so there was a <laughs> seven years I could go right now <laughs> seven years to get a four year degree it was a you know it was a neurochemical astrophysics degree so it took a little bit longer yeah yeah it wasn't actually no it wasn't. <laughs> that's not a real thing that's though. not a real thing no that it was a problem. <laughs> I actually I was over in Pullman and I uh, I was there for seven years I I would have stayed longer but I started to become the old guy at the party oh, and wow. you know so you're in there and people be like who brought their dad I'm like I better get back to Seattle yeah, yeah. knuckle hair tends to be a, a big determiner <laughs> of, an, of an age right a demographic right. that you fall within okay but but again, I digress. So coming back to the Vacation Angel Network in Mekonga, that's, that's what I do full time. I've actually, I was in, um, in finance for 22 finance. years. Yep. And, but during that time, I had, a, I had a bunch of vacation rental homes in Chelan. Mm -hmm. And so we were, um, we were doing this vacation rental, but we started giving the homes to people um, who were going through a hardship, uh, like an injury or an illness. And so a lot of it was uh, children who were being treated for pediatric cancer when they were done with their treatment, then we would just give their families a chance to get um, to get a free vacation, be together, get out of the hospital. I mean, they're in the hospital for sometimes 12 months. Yeah. And also not, you know, a lot of these people, they're, they're financially devastated by these treatments. They're really, they're really something. So, so it was kind of just a nice thing to do, uh, I thought. And, you know, the, the houses, some of them sit empty anyways. Mm -hmm. So that became... Um, uh, we started doing it more and more, and then we started recruiting other families, um, who other business owners, I should say, who had um, vacation rentals, and we started, they started donating their things. So it became a, a big sort of organically grew into this cool thing. Yeah. Uh, and it kind of got so big that after 22 years, I decided I should, maybe I could quit my job mm -hmm. in finance and do it full time. So I did that um, a year, about a year ago now. Uh, I'm doing it full time. And so we recruit... Uh, we have a big network of vacation rental homeowners. Uh, they donate their homes. We do these really cool vacations. Like they help out with the vacations. Um, mm -hmm. And then the the where I'm what keeps me busy is all of these houses then get to be on our Vacanga or Vacation Angel Network website, mm -hmm. and it's kind of like our our Airbnb or our VRBO, I guess yeah. if you yeah. if you know those brands. Except we're because we're not trying to make a billion dollars you you get to rent these houses without paying the fees so that's the secret sauce is that mm -hmm. people can come if they like what we're doing they can come check out our houses and then rent direct and save you know five hundred thousand bucks so it's a it's a win-win for everybody yeah. except maybe airbnb but i don't think they're super worried about me you know? well they're probably not listening to this broadcast I, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nor, nor do they ever need to be worried about me so so, but it's, it's become a big thing. I mean, I, you know, big enough that I was able to quit, a, you know, a good job and do this and it's yeah. super fulfilling, you know, it's kind of cool to get to meet these families and take them out to these vacations and just, uh, yeah. So, so that's, that's that whole project. That's, that's the one that keeps me the busiest. Yeah. And yeah. that's the one that I've been waiting to go down now. I do want to talk about that. And again, for the sake of our viewers and or our listeners on anchor.fm, this is how I was introduced to you, John Fahey. And I was so impressed when I heard the premise of your presentation, of your talk. And I was so flattered that the Snow Isles Libraries and the TEDx or TED had come to me and also my business partner, Marcel Allen from LaughTech to 
be a speech coach to help you guys and gals, gentlemen and ladies, develop this message to the point where it was already fantastic. And that's why even I was like, what can I contribute? Like, what am I gonna be able to give? And we were introduced to, again, the TEDx juice as far as how we need to address the talks, yeah. how we need to address the speakers, how we need to address the language of TED, and all these little things behind the scenes that empowered us to become, I'd like to think, as good of listeners, as good of a listener as possible, and then have structured feedback and not sit there and placate you and like, oh, John, that was great. You don't need to change a thing versus, you know, hey, John, this is, this is good, but let's think about switching this or maybe this isn't needed and so on and so forth. And I'm babbling for a second because I, I just, I can't even begin to say what an incredible experience it was for me not just because I was working with you, not to pet you directly, but to literally say it was incredible because every single presenter, every single person who gave a talk, they were diametrically different from each other. But they were good. And they I, were all really they good. They were all amazing. Yeah. And I was exhausted physically and emotionally during that four-month period working with you all because yeah. – it was such an incredible experience. And guess what? I would do it again and again and again. Yeah, no, it was really so, cool. Yeah, so. Yeah, dude, back, back at you, by the way, that was, uh, th thanks for all the help. I think we really dialed it in uh, for sure. You know, I've had over 2 million views of that video. Oh, John, that's amazing. Or maybe it was 2,000. I, I wasn't really, I, don't, well, you know, I wasn't wearing my breeding glasses. Maybe it was 2,000. Really? Yeah. If you there, was a two, there was a two in there. It could have actually been negative, but still, you know. <laughs> but I mean, but no, what a fun, what a fun thing, dude. That was great. I, you're, dude, you, you nailed it. I think by the time it was done, I, when I gave the talk, I actually started crying a little bit because yeah. there was so much dust in the air. Of course. Yeah. yeah. No, you so, you filmed in a horrible environment. Yeah. And um, so when we finished with it, I'm like, oh, great. I'm a blubbering idiot on this, on this tape. But then when I watched it again, I'm like, well, that's kind of, it was kind of, you know. Well, don't, don't say blubbering. I mean, you, you keep the other part, but no, I'm, I'm, what, <laughs> what, <laughs> believe me, I've, I've kept that my whole life. The idiot yes. part. Yeah. Yeah. What, what I want to point out is that again, for anyone listening, for anyone watching, John, you are an entertaining speaker. You have a great smile and I feel that you fully embrace a lot of who you are and it naturally comes out in how you talk, how you, how you, for lack of better words, grace the stage when you have opportunities to talk in front of people, whether it's one-to-one -one or one-to-many and you're passionate and it comes out so easily in your delivery. And there are hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people out there that don't have what you have. And, and some have said I have that as well, but I, you know, I, I, this isn't about me. What I oh, like no. Can we, let's talk that, more about me. Yeah, you. <laughs> what I like is that you have fun. Like you're, you seem to be having fun right now, and I, I am ignoring you. I am um, having fun right now. Sorry. So, so, so tell us about why, why you enjoy doing what you're doing right now so much and have so much fun doing it. Because, brother, a lot of this is dark. There yeah, are people, no, you're not, yeah, there you're are not people really. who are going to pass away. There are people who have then lost somebody and they yeah. need to go and get a break. Yeah. And you guys provide that. Like, yeah, how, we, do you, how do you bounce back from this? Tell me, tell me some of what you go through when you're dealing with this stuff. Because it's incredible and it's a huge gift. But how does it not weigh you down? 
you know, uh, it's, it's funny because when it started, we were doing uh, families that were done with their treatment. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I think the hope was that they were done with their treatment, you know, for, forever that weren't going to be going back. Yeah. And yeah. so it was all really feel good stuff. Um, you know, they would come out and, and then they would, um, you know, they would hang out and, and have a great vacation. And, I, you know, I'd, maybe I'd meet them. Sometimes I wouldn't even meet some of these families because um, we were working with foundations that would nominate them. And so, but then we started doing, getting on TV and the news. And so one of the weird things about that was we would be, um, you know, with these families a lot while we were filming. And I would be babysitting the kids yeah. while the parents were getting interviewed. So I got to know the kids a lot better. I got to know the parents. Some of the parents became friends of mine. Yeah. And then they didn't just sort of disappear into the rearview mirror when it was over. And so suddenly you kind of got to follow these stories. And whereas before they, you know, would come and, and that would be the end of it. Now you would be, you would hear if there was a relapse, for example, or, or that kind of thing. And it, I, you asked how I dealt with it. Not well at first. I was like, this is a feel good thing. And, and all of a sudden I'm like, God, this isn't feel good stuff. You know, yeah. there's some, some really sad stuff, but I got to say, you know, the people that we work with, um, the, the families are there. Every single one of them is incredible. You would be blown away by the way they deal with this kind of adversity and, you know, and then, you know, even if it's a sad story that doesn't have a, you know, a happy ending's not coming, maybe just to get to be around them celebrating the life, you know, they're having some fun together, being a family together. It makes it all a little bit more kind of raw and real when you know, I mean, we all have a expiration date, but yeah. when you know that date is coming, you know, and you get to see these families really being happy, celebrating, sort of creating the story, you know, memories that, you know, will, will supersede somebody's passing. That's, you know, that, that stuff's kind of cool. Uh, I mean, I guess that's the best way you can look at it. Um, there's, there's been some, some ones that really have thrown me for a loop. Like we've had some really cool vacations on the books and then we had to cancel them because people have, you know, have taken a turn for the worse. And then you end up doing a bereavement trip after, you know, someone has passed away. And I, I don't ever come away from those feeling, you know, like, oh, wow, that was sure was great. But, you, you know, it's, it's not like you got into this just to always have it be fun. I, you know, you, you realize this, this is tough stuff. The world's a tough place and you just want to do your best. Yeah. To, you know, when, when somebody calls you up and they've lost their dog or something and your just heart goes out and you want to yeah. be able to do the right thing or say the right thing, but there's just nothing to, there's, sometimes there's nothing to do or say. Yeah. Um, maybe some of this stuff is just, this is the things that you can do and, and hope that it's helpful in, in some way. Yeah. yeah. Well, what, what I like about what I heard and what I know about you and after working with you for the past three, few months was it seems like it's such a small thing, right? Like right. one of the most pivotal things I heard you say originally were, and, and, and you said it again today is some of these places are vacant anyway. Yeah. So it's kind of like, they're like, eh, sure, go ahead and use it. And like the owner of that space may not ever connect with the people that are utilizing that home as a quick getaway, you know, as a release, as a cathartic excuse to just forget about it. And yeah. it's so huge. It's so much bigger than you, than me, than them. It's, it's the world to them. So how do you go about 
Like, can, can we dive a little deeper into things you guys do above and beyond? And, and, and what I mean by that is, is you've mentioned that foundations have reached out to you and said, can we get involved? Do we have a patient who, you know, yeah. dot, dot, dot. Right. Are, are there other things done? Like, like, do you ever look for sponsors to help provide meals or, or anything? Like, like, what else is done above and beyond giving them a place to enjoy? Well, we or, grieve, or whatever the case is, we don't we don't do sponsors really. Um, oh. You know, the I guess our sponsors are the vacation rental homeowners, yeah, which, um, which is enough. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> which no, but but not all of them. Um, not all of them donate their homes. Some of them have these super busy homes, and but they like what we're doing. And so, in order to join our network, some of them will donate just money, oh. um, and that and that gets them. And and all of that money goes uh, is one hundred percent earmarked for the trips. Mm -hmm. And so we'll use that money. The, the sad, sad, I guess, or the weird thing is, if we didn't pay for um, gas yeah. and food, um, to be honest with you, a lot of these families, they wouldn't go. They would want to go. Yeah. But they, means, right? if they got, you know, they, they, I mean, people are really can get financially devastated by this stuff. So, you know, they, a lot of them, there's a backed up bill. So that if, if they're going to spend 150 bucks on gas driving to Idaho or whatever, they're not going to go. Yeah. So we really have to provide some of the travel expenses. We try to provide like nice meals. Um, we had a, a bunch of um, vacations that were slated in Idaho and we were going to send the kids to Silverwood uh, oh. amusement park. Yeah. Um, and they probably would sponsor us, but I've never reached out, out to them because I've got too much going on. But so, you know, so we'll pay for the whole family to go. But then sadly, a lot of those trips got canceled because of this whole pandemic. This whole pandemic has thrown a little wrench into our our, our program. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of, as you can imagine, a lot of these kids are immune compromised um, when they're done with treatment. So we have to be really careful. So we've shifted our focus to doing, um, you know, maybe some older, um, some family, like moms and dads who are sick, and then they're done with treatment, they get a chance to go be with their families again. Uh, and I think, you know, they, maybe they have a little bit better ability to make the decisions of what they think is safe to do. Sure. And yeah. we've worked with um, some kind of neat, we've worked at the Northwest Military Wives Foundation, um, supporting them. So we, we, we're, we're, a lot of things that we're doing now are less about sending families um, mm -hmm. away and more about we've been donating houses to auctions um, for, 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 you know, things that charities that are kind of in our wheelhouse. Yeah. And, and hopefully, you know, God willing, this stupid pandemic will go away and we can get back to doing our core stuff. So we are doing some vacations, but we really um, haven't been doing a lot since, I guess, May now. Has yeah. it been that long? It has. Or, yeah. Yeah, or I mean, even we're, earlier. Maybe, we're basically maybe. coming up on our sixth month, technically. Yeah, yeah. So Or, or there. Um, yeah. and, and, and you're absolutely right. And, and that lends itself to my next question. And, and please feel free to finish any more thoughts you have on what we were just about, what we were talking about, but tell me how the pandemic has drastically not only affected, but it's created a whole new, probably multi-layer, like adversity level stuff that you're having to kind of work around or overcome. And are you finding yourself serving this community now in a different way? Or is it still just a matter of planning for when science finally provides a buffer, if not an eventual cure for this, right? Well, you know, uh, here's the thing. First of all, I, I think I officially quit my job in April of mm -hmm. last year. 
And so I, and then I was working on all the software uh, on the back end of our booking platform. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I don't know if you've ever worked with software before, but have, that's why I drink a lot. Yeah. So, you know, I, I've noticed <laughs> that software developers tend to uh, overpromise and underperform yeah. was my experience with this. So we were going to be open in, you know, in October, and then we were going to be open in November, and then we were going to be open in December. And I'm like, oh my God. So, um, yeah. And so actually, I'm sorry, I've, I've, I've lost a year. So, so coming into this whole thing, we're not getting this, this booking platform open. And then I finally got the booking platform open on, on Valentine's day of this year. And I was so excited. And I'm like, I've been telling all my, you know, vacation rental homeowners, like, we're, this is going to be the slickest thing. Yeah. You know, you're going to get all these new rents from people because they're saving so much money. And I turned on the switch and it did, it was cooking for about 10 days. Uh, actually, until March 8th was the day that they closed Italy, if you remember that. And suddenly, everything just dried up. And, yeah. and then all of the bookings that we had started coming to cancel. And I was like, dude, I just quit a really, really good job and watched <laughs> a global pandemic. But here's the irony of it. Had I gotten the thing open and, and booking when I had wanted to, I could have been dealing with three and 400 cancellations. Yeah, yeah. And instead, I think I was dealing with 18, like 20, 18 of them. And most of them we got yeah. rescheduled for later. So for and, and the other thing was, after they started opening things up, you know, first of all, you take the entire Pacific Northwest and lock them up. And then suddenly, when you open it back up, everybody was just massive cabin fever. They just wanted yeah. out. And so suddenly, we were... Uh, as busy as we could ever be. And my whole thing is, I, I think this is a really neat idea. It's, it's, it's pretty, it, it's kind of a no brainer for everybody. Yeah. And I don't see any reason why we can't go coast to coast with it, which is kind of my goal. And this whole thing ended up being a shot in the arm for us because the other booking companies that, that I wouldn't say we're in competition with, but that people favor. Yeah, sure. They, I don't know that they handled this whole thing very well. They kind of stuck it to the homeowners in a way and everyone was scrambling as you can imagine. And so suddenly we had a big influx of people who were coming to us just to have an alternative way to get their houses out in front of people. Yeah. So I would never wish to, you know, a profit's not the right word, but take advantage of a bad situation. But I got to be honest, it was really ended up being a huge shot in the arm for us. And where we have a weakness, I think, is we just, we want more homes. Yeah. Um, I want people to come on and look at Lake Chelan or Leavenworth and see 20, 30 homes that they can book for their vacation. Yeah. And I want to do, you know, hundreds of these trips for people. And so um, this is, was really a neat way for us to kind of grow our network and get more houses on board. So well, is, that me put, is that me being Pollyannic? Am I putting a positive spin no. on a horrible well, thing? I, I don't know. Yes, but yeah. you're talking about the power of being able to pivot and or shift. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a 180. It can be a 45 degree shift that causes you to grow either a division of or expand into a region or area or thought process that you didn't have the time to delve down. Or, coast to coast, or Brian. Coast to coast. Uh, coast to coast. Um, That's us. Yeah. It's good to have that. It's good to have right. that plan. And, and, and you know you're going to get there, John. Not just on your looks alone, brother, but I mean, you will get there. So, I, couldn't, I couldn't have got out of Seattle on my looks alone. <laughs> well, you got out of Edmond, so I'm proud yeah. of you. Um, so, John, let's, 
we 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 talked about what COVID's done. We've talked about your dazzling per personality. Nope. Um, I know that you're not smiley all the time. Okay. Now I'm not fishing here, but yeah. I want to hear about the parts of you that I don't know anything about. Like, what was it like growing up? Like, what type, what was your family like? What was like? What were your parents like? Your friends like? And the the overarching caveat here is, I say that because I believe that no matter what, we are all products of our environment. Yeah. Um, how we grew up, where we grew up, again, Edmonds. Um, you know, it it helps shape how we are. You know, what what our tastes are, what we like, dislike, who we hang out with. And I'm just, I'm always curious to find out what someone was like when they were a kid, because most often they were quiet. And then at some point it was like the chrysalis effect. They just, they just butterflied out and here's John B. Um, you know, or they were always like this. They were always outgoing, the busiest man in Seattle yeah. at the point you were the busiest child in Edmonds, whatever. Talk to me about your childhood. Um, I would not say that I was ever very quiet probably okay. growing up. Yeah. Nor, nor would any of my teachers, uh, tell me that I was very quiet. So. Very good, very good. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, growing up in Edmonds, it's so funny, when we were kids, we used to call it Deadman's Gateway oh. to Everett, which was Everett. Uh, and, you know, I, I think I couldn't, like, wait to get out of there, and I used to drive down to Seattle. I, I thought Seattle was the, this, you know, it was Oz to me, you know. Well, at that point, it was. It was considered it was, the Emerald it was, City, right? Yeah, it was actually the Emerald <laughs> City. So uh, it was just, uh, and I, I just couldn't wait to get, to get out of there, but it's so. But I gotta say, I, I come from a big, giant Irish Catholic family, um, mm -hmm. and so we were just we would just terrorize that town. We were, you know, when I was ten years old, I used to go down and launch boats in the marina and go out fishing at Woodby Island. And I mean, you know, and they, parents let their kids do that back then. Uh, we would run around in the woods and and fish and ride our bikes and and everything. And and it's it's. I could, probably every kid's like, oh, I gotta get out of this place. God, it was, it was a, and is a paradise. That is a neat little town. Uh, and, and now that I'm older, I, you don't, you don't know how good it, things are until you, you know, until you look back on them. Yeah. So, and I had, you know, I, I, there's six total kids, five brothers and sisters. So, um, and all of, you know, the, the whole town back then you could walk and bike and run around and no one would give you a second thought. So we were free range kids. Um, <laughs> And then later I went to high school in, in uh, Seattle. So I would uh, commute into uh, S Seattle. And you know, when I was 16, it, I think you could get into a situation sometimes where I would come down to Seattle, then I would go spend the night at my friend's house for three or four yeah. days. And then every once in a while, my mom would call around and say, has anyone seen John in the last couple of weeks? You know, it was that kind of a big family. Sure. And you know, or I could come home come in the house, spend the night, get up and leave. And you wouldn't, you'd never know we were there. So, and a whole yeah. different world back then. Yeah. It was a whole different world back then. And you know, when you have uh, six kids in your family, I mean, my parents are sainted people. I don't know how they did. I have one kid and that, that, I mean, I love them to death, but they, you know, kids are tough. <laughs> they can drive you crazy. I got two. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know how my mom, my this mom shows did it. my two, and, and this <laughs> shows my my yeah. two. It's crazy. And so, no, I mean, uh, growing up, it's I, you know, I couldn't complain about my childhood. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't think it was it was a fun place, and I, I don't think I. You, you said you at what point did you blossom? I'm still waiting. Oh, okay. Any minute now, I'm gonna <laughs> blossom, Brian. I swear to God, my moment, <laughs> my moment is coming. It's coming. Some it's, one of these. Yeah. <laughs> so, your sense of humor, I, I. 
I tend to describe to others as observational-based humor. You see things around you, you experience things around you, and you bring it out. You bring it out, you identify it, you, you, you find joy and laughter in it. And that, to me, I think is a, is a demeanor and a skill set that's infectious, right? Brian, it's, not, a, it's a coping that's mechanism. Not a, that's not a COVID joke. It's a coping mechanism for a dark, dark inner turmoil. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm not going there, but for some people it is, for you it doesn't seem to be. So how do you describe your own sense of humor and why do you think it's so effective? Because it is, John. <laughs> uh, well, you know, the, the, the book I wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, and Go ahead I, and hold I, it up again. That happens, <laughs> happens to be right here. I'm, I'm not kidding. It just happened to be here. I would never like shamelessly promote any. It's not my way, oh, Brian. Totally random. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, so it, it's all. It's. I assume you've read it. Um. You criminal. Yeah. Uh, I do have the downloaded 4.99 version on Amazon.com forward slash John Fahey, not the guitarist. So it's. <laughs> <laughs> I should put that on the book by John Fahey, not the guitarist. <laughs> Uh, anyways, the, um, the, it's all, all these stories and they are all observationally funny. And so when people are writing me, which they do all the time, sometimes seven and 10 times a day mm-hmm. about how awesome this book is. Uh, but that's what everyone is saying. It's like, dude, I just, you can relate to, you know, everyone is in these situations that are as funny as they, they suck as much as they are funny or vice versa. I don't know how to say that. So, um, you know, you can, I guess you can, anything that's really sucky, you can get through if you kind of, you know, file it under, that's the human condition. Today, just getting to your podcast was a comedy of errors for me. I was down at my donut boat company, prying engines off the back of a boat, waiting for a guy to come put on some motor mounts. And then I came back and my tire was flat and I, you know, and I just was, and then I was talking to someone today. I'm like, I, I want to say today is like a day of whack-a-mole. And then I'm like, but that is every day. In everyone's life, it's this game of whack-a-mole. Just things I, come at you, you knock them down, I, the next thing I'm comes up. I'm proud to be one of those moles, John. If, if, you, didn't, if yeah. you didn't laugh about it, dude, you would probably just stick your head in the sand and you know curl up and, and wilt. Yeah, cry in a fetal position, yeah, which I exactly. often do. It's this yeah. much larger desk than it looks like on TV. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, this, this is a weird one. I used to own a bar in um, Seattle. Okay. Um, Years ago, I owned a bar for about four, right out of college, I bought this bar, pretty cool. Wow. And people used to come up and be like, dude, you're always behind the bar smiling, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, dude, am I just a grinning idiot? I don't, I don't, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe I am. But I thought, well, why wouldn't you be? You're behind, I'm like 25 years old, I own a sports bar and I'm slinging beer and dude, you know, so if you're not smiling and happy, I guess get another job, yeah? Is that? Well, well that- You or- seem like a smiley, you seem always happy. Yeah, you know what? I, I work very hard at this. Um, <laughs> at being happy or, or smiling? Well, both. You yeah. Know, because this is the this is one of my this is one of my issues, John, and you might be able to relate to it. For example, social media. Uh-huh. It's all BS. Okay. Everyone's posting all these happy-go-lucky things, and everything is sunshiny, and everything is perfect. And yeah. then you find out that they're going through massive depressive bouts and they've been going through therapy for years and they've lost everything. Right. Like that actually is a true example of someone I know. Uh Now, you know, and you had, and you had no idea. You had absolutely no idea. So the amount of facades or masks that we wear, it's wearing a little thin on me because 
things aren't perfect all the time. I mean, that's right. one of the reasons behind the inception of this podcast. I want people to show and share that the power of laughter is what helps. Because if you're laughing, you're going through a cardiovascular experience, you yeah. know, your heart rate pumps up, your, your face flushes, your, your lung capacity increases, your breathing increases. It's healthy to do. And people forget that all the time. Now, you know, I, I'm going through a separation and I'm stressed out about bills and all these, I'm stressed out about COVID and I'm going to wear a mask no matter what, because no, just all hands down. I'm a father, damn it, the reverse thing. I'm a father first <laughs> on yeah. top of everything else. So no matter what I see or read or believe, I need to protect them. Yeah. Yeah. So like, these are not things to smile about all the time, but I just have to because it's easier. And I find that when I'm smiling again, back to the infectious thing, other people smile. I know the power of a smile. It's how I've created my speaking career and MC and career and all these types of things, because it, there's just massive power behind just that. And the other thing is now that we're all covered up, it's even harder to get people to smile. I sound different. Yeah. You know, like, like, do you think I'm smiling right now, John? Like, uh, oh. <laughs> it, it looks like you are. Yeah, see, no, totally. It, it creepy it's a smile. smile. That's murderer smile. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's yeah. so many differences that people need to work through. And that's why I think people like you are an inspiration because you're dealing with heavy, hard hitting stuff. And some of it's full of joy, but a lot of it's full of pain. And I think you're an inspiration and you deserve all the exposure you've been able to get and will continue to get via the TEDx experience and through any of your speaking engagements. Yes, some, of course, ideally through this podcast experience and now the video broadcast. But, dude, you, you and your organization deserve so much. Well, it's nice. Possibly nice affecting so many. Yeah. So. All right. Well, thank you for that. You're welcome. You're <laughs> welcome. You. I didn't know about inspirational, but I but thank you for the sentiment. Own it. Ah, all right. And so with that being said, listen, yeah. we all grow up with inspirations in some way, shape, or form. Um, sometimes they're on TV. Sometimes they're a, they take the form of a public figure, someone that you admire. Sometimes it's a pastor, a parent, a teacher. I said pasture. Yeah, I know. I heard it, but I was going to let it go. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, maybe they're out in, their, they're out in the field. They're not standing in their field alone. Yeah. Whatever. Those are and, shepherds. But yeah, you're, you're on the... Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's a Shetland. You know, I, yeah. I, Who knows? But, John, who who helped you as a kid? Who was your inspiration? Who did you look up to, um, who, or who looked out for you aside from your ginormous family? So I'm going to give you the I'm going to give you the the rule there. Like let's, or unless it was, I mean, was there somebody outside of your family that? Yeah, you know, I got. I, I hate to say it, but I got to give it to my parents. You know, yeah, they, okay, okay. They're, just, they're really uh, always super, very active in their community. Great people you know, uh, give, give the shirt off their back. I mean, really, you know, you know, and both hardworking, uh, people, my mom, inspiring mom with all her kids, you know, uh, my dad was uh, fantastic. And I just, you know, you, you watch your parents going out of their way. My dad is such a nice guy. It gets on your nerves. He's the guy who pulls up to the four way stop and he doesn't, he's clearly there first, Yeah. but he waits and lets the person who wasn't there first go through to be polite. And, and that's why traffic gets screwed up for hours to come because now everyone's out of rhythm, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, that's and God, your father. Yeah. God, God love him for that. So, you know, he's, it, th those are the kind of people they are. So, and, but you know, I'm sure there's, you know, by great teachers all the way a lot, you know, who, ins who inspired me I, to, 
<laughs> it's okay if it's not one person. America. 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 <laughs> <laughs> you totally just went there. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't know. You know, it's... Uh, I, I, I say this sometimes when I'm giving, uh, giving presentations, I think everybody has kind of, they always want to help, you know, when, when you ever hear someone's, you know, somebody stubs their toe, you want to come over and here, can I get you banded? You know, that's just kind of the way it is. I just laugh. And, and so, but then the other thing is you always have it in your mind. I'm going to come, I'm going to help. I got these big plans where I'm going to go and make things better. And it's, and it's always your intention to do that, but then do you ever get around to it? So yeah. You know, I, I think I'm inspired. I'm inspired by the people who get around to it, and oh, and maybe like if I'm being honest, uh, I have come into contact with many, many more of these people in the last two years. Mm -hmm. You know, because I was in a different part of you know society. I was you know doing this, and now now I'm meeting up with these people who are in foundations, and it was incredible. Yeah. Well, you don't, you don't, maybe you don't always realize what's going on behind the scenes to make the world a better place. You know, a lot of just unsung heroes out there doing some really, really, really cool stuff. And so that's inspiring to me. And maybe, maybe that is, uh, I wouldn't be doing this full time if I hadn't started to get involved with these other people, seeing what they're doing and thought, yeah, that is really feel good stuff. Yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'll get the, the, the quote wrong, but they but they always say that in order to elevate yourself, or in order in, in order to rise up, you have to elevate those around you. Yeah, right? and you're doing that in the sense of turning these organizations or foundations on that either they reach out to you or you reach out to them. But you're a resource; they become a resource, and then together you're all positively affecting these communities that are in dire need because of their diagnoses or because yeah. of just their situations in general. So again, I think it's brilliant. And I want to wish you, John, all of the luck the world can possibly offer in this current cluster frick that we're yeah. in. Because you've got literally nowhere to go but up. And it's absolutely a joy to A, now consider you a friend to have finally, you know, to have met you months ago to be able to connect with you week after week during the extended time where suddenly TEDx was then virtual. So the whole dynamic changed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, to, to get to know you more and more each time as we had to hear your presentation ad nauseum. But again, <laughs> guess what? It got better and better every time. And when I saw your live, it was like hearing it for the first time. And that's like the biggest and greatest gift. Yeah. And now you've got 2,000 or 2 million views, whatever. Somewhere. Who's counting? Let's, let's split the difference. It's going to be a million more plus. <laughs> so I want to, be before we dive into the James Lipton tribute, which is just yeah. some fun questions I'm going to toss you at the end here. What do you want to leave us today about John Fahey, the not the guitarist? So John oh, Fahey. Oh, dude, you're going to spring that on me? Yeah. What's the, what's the one thing that you want to leave us with today about you about me about you this is all about you baby ah uh, uh, this is where you cry go ahead grab a tissue i mean <laughs> nothing comes to mind <laughs> as you hold up the available book. on amazon.com i mean is that uh, <laughs> um yeah i don't i don't know I, you know I'll, I, if i could do some shameless promotion I, not for me Mm -hmm. I, I love this Vacation Angel Network and the people in our network that are donating their homes, super incredible people. Uh, and I, I said this in the talk, you know, they're not like rich 
people donating their you know second home while they jet set off somewhere these uh, yeah. most of them are they do this for a living and so when they donate a, when i said it's no big deal for some people it really is they're taking you know revenue producing weekends and offering them up and and more than one and and earlier you said you know how do they make them special they're putting out gift baskets just all this incredible kind of stuff they do um and so if I, if I was just leave with one thing, I would say, I would love it if people would get on our Vacation Angel Network site and support those businesses. Um, plus you'll save hundreds or thousands of dollars. That's, <laughs> we'll save you a ton of money. But I, I, want these, I want these businesses to do well, especially now they got hit really hard by COVID early on and they're all struggling to, to try and recoup. So my one thing would be go to vacationangelnetwork.com and if you're going on vacation, you know, see if we have a house there that you could use. They're, they're really great owners, great houses. Mm -hmm. And I know everyone could use a break themselves. And so check, check us out. Yeah. Is that a good thing? Uh, or it's yeah. a, that's, that's great. So it's, it's a perfect answer. All right. So John, are you ready for the James Lipton tribute? Yeah. And he, the, this is the actor's studio inside the actor's studio. Inside the actor's studio. I, I, yeah. He is one, he was one, still is one of my favorite interviewers. Yeah. He was incredibly skilled. He was just weird. Not a big smiler. Not, Not a big, big smiler. smiler. Sat yeah. in the old school, like children's desk, looked wicked uncomfortable, had the pads on his elbows in his suit. Right. And I looked up to him and I was like, someday I want to be that guy. Right. Or hair. And so far I'm winning that. Um, I want to hit you with those. Uh, again, these are slightly edited. Um, questions which you can try to answer with one word most people fail miserably but let's just have some quick one word one word okay okay <laughs> what is one of your biggest pet peeves traffic good all right traffic what is your favorite place you've traveled to or want to travel to the alps alps okay very good and this sounds a little redundant, but it's not, and you can't answer it with the, with the vacation pitch. So if you could be known for one thing only, what would that be? It still has to be one word, huh? If you can. <laughs> <laughs> Kindness. Kindness. There we go. But that's not actually true. I just thought that sounded good. <laughs> it sounds great. It leaves yeah. on the perfect note. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John, listen, man, I want to thank you again for participating today as an interviewee slash victim on Shut Up and Laugh. Yeah. I'm going to end the show, the podcast, and now the broadcast, thanks to Zoom, uh, with the shout out I do at the very end. Um, this is for you. This is everyone listening and now watching. When you're out there between these podcasts, I want you to consider surrounding yourself with people that you know and love as best as you can now, politically correct, six feet distance. Um, the most important thing though is you've got to remember be a witness be real be present to those you care about and love and why do i ask this of you john everyone else out there listening because sometimes we've just all got together excuse me we've all just got to get together and shut up and laugh thank you again man appreciate you thanks for having me